And there's a lot at stake. The stakes have never been higher as far as being a great parent that's present and, and, and influencing them. Otherwise, if you don't, then the screen will or the liberal school that they go to. And I'm not trying to talk politics. I'm just saying um, they're going to get exposed in other ways. And it'd be nice that um, mm -hmm. you could put a good impression on them and at least because um, kids see everything you do, man. Like my kids have known about working out our whole life. They're starting to figure out like not everybody's got a badass gym in their backyard like we do. Um, we're weird. We think we put a lot of value there. Um, and lot, there's not a lot of mommies that have veins running down their biceps like their mommies, you know, um, and that we eat wild game every night. Like they're just they're starting to like see what we do and how we live. Um, but they've always been paying attention. What's going on, guys? Hope you're having a fantastic day. This is a special episode that I wanted to drop today, February 1st, because my buddy Dan over at Elk Shape is opening up his camp that he's doing up in Washington. So he's going to have Joel Turner. He's going to have MFJJ. He's going to have a bunch of shooting and workouts and everything else that they do at Elk Shape camps. This time it's an elk immersion camp. So I'm going to refer you over to that as soon as you get done listening to this episode or even while you're listening to the episode head over there get in on this camp it's going to be a i can't even put words to describe how much i've learned over the years going to elk shape camp guys it's cut my learning curve down a ton i'm still new to hunting and everything that i've learned the people that i met at camp and the knowledge that i gained is outstanding so i recommend that you do that Maybe while you're listening to this podcast, watching this on YouTube, go over to Elk Shape. I'll leave the link down below so you can check that out and uh, and get in on this camp because there's limited slots and you're definitely going to want to get in on this camp. The other thing, guys, this podcast is brought to you by Black Ovis. Check out the link down below, guys. There's some amazing sales going on right now. If you use that link and code REDBEARD10, you're going to save some money. You're going to support us here at the channel, which I really appreciate. My family definitely appreciates. And we will keep growing and providing good content for you, making those partnerships happen so that I can give back to you as well. Just like right now with the partnership with Black Ovis, getting you that 10% off code and free shipping. So go check it out, guys. And go check out the Elk Immersion Camp with Dan Staten, Joel Turner, MFJJ. Let me know what you guys think of this episode. Hope you enjoy it. And of course... Get out, live your life, and love it. Welcome back, everyone, to the Red Beard Outdoors podcast. I've got my buddy Dan Staten. You guys know him as Elk Shape. He's just an individual that is super driven, genuine, loves his faith, loves his family, loves fitness, loves getting outdoors, and, of course, loves hunting elk, even though right now you're chasing down some whitetails up there in, in Washington. But, uh, guys... I wanted to bring Dan on. He's been on before. I wanted to bring him back on now that I've kind of refined my processes a little bit and gotten better at podcasting and uh, just highlight some things that I just absolutely appreciate about Dan. We have so many things going on right now in the outdoors world, uh, whether you're a hunter, hiker, camper, whatever it may be, that we need to really get ahead of what we're doing to make sure that we take care of and have good conversations with people uh, in the outdoor space. I feel like Dan has a great pool 
on with people with his elk shape, elk shape training, everything he's doing to make sure that people are living a longer life, a happier, healthier, and more successful life. And uh, that's why I brought him on. But Dan, for people that don't know who you are, which I don't know who that would be listening to my podcast, but who are you? Oh, who am I? Oh, that's a, that's a new one. Who are you? I'm just a dude who uh, <laughs> probably has uh, been given more things and blessings than I deserve, quite honestly. And um pretty lucky guy to have an amazing wife, beautiful children that are healthy, live in a pretty cool country, um, been able to find discover hunting at an early age, um, discovered fitness at an early age. Uh, but I'm pretty simple. I'm a simple guy. It doesn't take a lot to make me um, get out of bed. And speaking of which, I jump out of bed every day. I'm excited. So Stokes take on the day. And um, yeah, that's who I am. I'm just a guy who pretty passionate dude, pretty um, intense when it comes to elk hunting, uh, training, nutrition, discipline, uh, family time, uh, that kind of stuff. But all in all, just a, I think I'm just a pretty average guy with a above average passion. So, yeah. That is a great way to describe it. And honestly, so I came across uh, your stuff couple years ago has it been it was just before covid i think because it was the first december chub challenge it was just before that that i had started shooting a bow and i found your stuff and uh the reason why i really i guess appreciated your content that you were putting out there on youtube on social media was because as i was getting into archery i'm one of those people that once i'm in i'm all in and i wanted to find yeah. people that weren't trying to sell me stuff because there's right. plenty of that and yeah. and so I found you and there's a handful of people, but I found you as someone who incorporated all of those values. You actually seemed to live those values and didn't seem like you were a personality on social media. And you weren't, even though obviously you shoot Matthews, you always say, go shoot all the bows and whatever works for you and is going to get you out there shooting. That's what you want. And that stuck with me. And so, you know, through some of the stuff that always be tinkering that got latched onto me. I'm just a gear nerd as well. Absolutely love that. <laughs> and, uh, and, <laughs> and so with, with that, just, I just want to highlight that for people that, that maybe are new to your, your brand and your content is yes, you have sponsors, but you encourage people to go out and try things on their own and find what works best for them. And you just want that. You want people to be happy. You want them to enjoy the outdoors, to love their families and be, uh, you say intense, um, but I guess driven towards your goals, whatever they are. And I will say right now, December Chub Challenge is going on. Absolutely love this time of year uh, because I won the first time I went to your camp was I won a scholarship from the December Chub Challenge. And that's all I wanted throughout that, that month was to be able to get the knowledge of going to your camp and meet you and the, the people that were teaching at the camp. So mm -hmm. I guess uh, even though it's over by the time this podcast comes out, uh, let's talk a little bit about December Chub Challenge and, and kind of the reason behind that. So people have something to look forward to, you know, wrapping up this year, I guess, 2024 when this comes out. Oh, yeah. Well, it'll probably be a distant memory when this drops. But I uh, we did the December Chub Challenge on a whim. It was a, like a November 30th. It was dark. I had a weight vest on. I just finished a workout and I just hit record on my phone. 
I, and I just said, I hate December. Tomorrow's December 1st. And I, I don't like December because I'm not a huge fan of all the stress and obligatory holiday parties and um, drinking or justifying drinking or eating terribly during the month of December and really fitness just every I have been in the fitness space for so long I have trained thousands of people as a personal trainer as a strength coach as a CrossFit gym owner as an online trainer thousands and I was just like something happened that night where it's like I'm tired of people waiting for the new year tomorrow is not promised and I know that December where I live it's dark when I get up and it's dark right after the kids get home from school and it's really difficult if you have a normal nine to five to shoot your bow because it's dark. Uh, it's difficult to break a sweat. It's difficult to be motivated, to be fit and just push it off. So I just on a whim was like, tomorrow I'm starting the December Chub Challenge. I don't even know what this is going to look like, but week one, here's your assignment. If you want to do it, I'm going to give away a bow. Um, tag me and prove to me that you did it. And it blew up. I'll be honest, it blew up. And this was, this is, this was year three of doing it. And you can ask my wife every year. I kind of just, I'm like, ah, should I do it again? And she's like, I don't know. You're on your phone a lot during December, like checking all the messages that people send in to prove their work. But here's why I decided to keep doing it is I got a couple emails a year since I've started and they've been way past the December Chub Challenge and it'd be like a guy saying, hey, I have lost 100 pounds. I've lost 120 pounds, I've lost 70 pounds and it all started with your December Chub Challenge. That's what, that was the seed, that was the start of the snowball and I ran with it and I went into January and I kept it going and I'm never looking back. So the ripple effect of the December Chub Challenge is full, real. And that's why I have no choice but to do it. Um, it's something that's free. Like it literally costs you absolutely no money, but it does cost you time. You're going to have to break a sweat when you don't want to every day of December. And you're going to have to shoot. You're going to have to have a bow and shoot your bow every day of December. And uh, there's a lot of people that do it, that don't miss a day and do the entire month. And then like once January 1st hits and they like don't have to, do it like they always reach out i get so many messages after the summer trip challenge like man can you do something else like that really was the thing i needed the carrot i needed to stay motivated and i'm like damn it you just did it for a whole month that's all you built the discipline and you understand the delayed gratification component just run with it but um yeah man december chub challenge we will do it year four next year we give away really cool prizes um there's always a couple bows given away and um, all sorts of companies. And, and I don't even reach out and ask my own sponsors to do anything. I usually run with whatever companies want to be involved. And like, for instance, we're recording here in week one. Uh, I'm here to tell you next week is Killcliff, who I don't even work with, but they are hooking it up. They saw the challenge. They're jumping in. And also next week will be Cam Haynes is going to help out again. He's going to give away one of his bows. And it's just like, but these guys are going to earn it. They're going to have to lift, run, and shoot every day next week, man. And they're going to see some great results. It's going to be awesome. It's better than drinking and being stressed out and hanging out with your relatives that you don't really like or going to a holiday party that you don't really want to go. 
So long answer, but that's the distinguishing <laughs> challenge. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And and that's something that, you know, some people, the prizes are good for people that need a little bit extra motivation, a little bit extra carrot, but yeah, uh, just the idea of, you know, just thinking outside the box, not putting the, I guess the bow away, not le letting it sit on the wall in the case, whatever, and yeah. not letting December kind of ride you by as so many people are thinking, well, you know, it's okay if I take December off because January one, I'm going to get after it again. Right. And yeah. I'm not going to lie to you on January one. I, I despise going to the gym on January one. I, I despise it. But another part of me is like, that's cool. Cause it's an opportunity to see so many people that have the aspiration to go and get better, to better their lives physically. And it kind of, again, kind of that dichotomy right around March, I start seeing the parking lot empty out and I'm like, yes, you know? And then at the same time, I'm like, man, that really sucks. Cause that dude that was on the treadmill struggling for these two months, I don't see him anymore. And I should have spoken mm -hmm. to him. And so yeah. like, for me, that's something that, that this year I'm going to make different anyways. I'm going to make sure I have a conversation every day with someone I don't recognize in the gym because there's a lot of people that need that motivation and they need someone to, that they don't have. Everyone thinks that we're so interconnected because social media, I can, I can reach out and touch you in Washington. I can reach out and touch someone in Canada on the East coast so easily. Um, yet we're not interconnected here, you know? And so I love what you do. And then I just encourage people to see other people in their community or whenever you post it on, on social media, like on the stories, to reach out to those people if you recognize them in your local area and maybe create some little group, accountability group, uh, because that's something that that community that's is true. Just, That's something that's huge with Elk Shape as well, is that that community is, is huge. People may not even hunt elk every single year. They may be whitetail hunters, but you're encouraging people to get out, shoot their bow, and get break a sweat, whatever that is for you. It's scalable. You don't recommend that people go do overhead squats with 200 pounds every single day. Like there's no set thing. It's just, you know, <laughs> there, there's real. no set thing there. It's just, uh, it, it's just breaking a sweat. And, and that's, that's awesome. So I just want to highlight that because that's really what got me going with, uh, with, with your brand as well. And something that, that I really enjoyed. I love those challenges and things that you set out there. So uh, with, with that being said, you're you're obviously big into elk hunting, um, but let's talk uh, more into the faith and family aspect of it because you mention it, you talk about it, and I love when you're like, you know, I love Jesus, but I curse, right? Kind of deal whenever you introduce people to to yourself. And uh, but uh, what what is your what is your role of faith in your life? How does that play a role in uh, in your day to day? You know, I know some of those answers, but I think some people. Some people should hear this. What what's something that 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 you do daily um, for your faith to increase? I sin every day. I fall on my face. I don't rely on my own strength every day. I'm a human. Uh, I fall short of God's glory every day. Um, I recognize that. I believe that um, I don't have a religion. I have a relationship. I believe that. Uh, you know, quite honestly, I believe that Jesus is put on this earth to show us how to live and to bridge the gap from maybe how we were originally designed to the fall of humans as, you know, separation from God and sin and, and that redemption through his blood. Um, 
I don't need to get into the particulars, I don't think, as far as the, you know, real deep theological type stuff. But I think I can keep it simple and just like, here's what I do know. There's a lot of evil brokenness in this world that we live in. And I understand that I contribute to that with my own personal crap that I have to deal with. You know, I think about myself more than I think about you. Uh, I put myself first before I put you first. Uh, there are times when I want to lust or covet what my neighbor has. There are times when I want to think about um, greed or what's in it for me. Um, and you can be consumed by what do others think about me and um, all that doesn't matter. What matters is like that I have been given some pretty cool opportunities. One, to be alive. I didn't choose to be born. Here I am. And I know that's a short go on this earth and that, um, you know, it's bigger than just getting people to work out and shoot their bows and maybe have a better success rate on hunting elk. <clears throat> that stuff doesn't really matter, quite honestly. Um, the cool thing is I've figured out ways to integrate faith and leverage it in these conversations. Um, but it's not my first, like, it's not my, how do I say this, Jonathan? It does not come easy for me to talk about <clears throat> or get preachy because I don't want a spotlight on me because I am not the greatest example of what a somebody who follows Jesus, but maybe I am the greatest example of somebody who needs Jesus. And uh, so I've been, you know, I don't, I've tried to be subtle, but I've always given credit and made it very clear that like this, I'm a believer, put that first. Um, but I know a lot of people maybe don't believe um, or don't have something in their life that helps them grow spiritually. Um, we All we see is how to make yourself look better or be better physically or appearance-wise or aesthetically or how to make yourself smarter with your mind. And I believe in spirit as well. And I know that it's, I don't know, I just kind of have a holistic approach to this gift of life. I do address the physical. I do address the mental. And I think the spiritual is where you need to start. I mostly read the word the bible like the regular one every day while my coffee is brewing and i do it as a discipline but i also would like i like to talk to god but that doesn't mean i'm the one talking i'd like to just sit still um which is something that i didn't always do i'm getting i'm old i'm 42 i'm getting up there where i'm like learning some things finally and it's like one is you don't just have to sit there and pray to God and ask for really vague things like, please watch over my children. Please watch over my family. Like, get specific. And then also turn your hearing aids up and listen. What's God calling you to do? But, man, Jonathan, if you want to do this, we will dive deep into this stuff. I am not afraid. I am not ashamed. <laughs> and I can't always say I, I was like that. But I'm not ashamed. Um, I do believe every knee will bow. And I believe he's king. Um, and I'm not afraid to say that. I appreciate that. I think, and I, I like what you say, obviously, you know, people listening to my podcast know I do, 
I, I am a member of the church, the LDS church. Mormon is more of the the uh, common oh, saying. No, I don't have multiple wives, but they are fun. He's a Mormon. They're fun jokes. <laughs> I just had a, my, one of my favorite Mormons at my house recently, um, Preston from Mountain Physio. Love that dude. Hmm. Yep. Do you know yeah, him? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, dude. We talked Salt just about every week. Yeah, he's I awesome. I love guy. him. That was one of the best Such people I've guy. ever hung out with. Such a good guy. Yeah, yeah I'm cool. so glad he threw that multiple wives joke in there to clear the air. That was that was good. That was it. You caught that? <laughs> oh, dude, I always get that. Growing up in North Carolina in the Bible Belt and being one of two Mormons in my high school of 2,000 plus kids, I got everything. Everything from South Park, everything that I'd never heard of before. I got all the questions. So I got mm. real used to that real quick. <laughs> but uh, going back to going back to faith and what I was what I was hitting at was I understand not not necessarily I, I look at religion as more of a it's a vessel that some people may need to get from one place to another. But faith is the basis of that. And so I just ask simply you because I, I feel like a lot of people life would be better if people recognize that there was a higher being more than us and we are more than just ourselves like you were saying don't be you know it's easy to be selfish especially with the you know the abt and all all this new gear that's fun to get and all the new cars that maybe some people like or a new house or whatever it is it's easy to be selfish and want what you know what's best for me and when where faith comes in is just that humbling experience of like you said sitting back and listening and I can say you're you're a really good listener, and I'll, I'll hit on that in a little bit because uh, I do get a lot of people saying that man Dan is so intense, and and this is kind of what I what I say to him on that that topic. But with faith, um, it's 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 just like any other muscle, and you're obviously big into fitness. You're you're jacked. You know what you're doing, how to maintain it, and and not let that slip throughout the year, and get better every single year, even though the years aren't getting younger for you. You put faith first. And so I love what you were saying of studying the Bible every single morning while you're waiting for your coffee to brew. That's just like lifting weights for your body. Those little small investments every single day. It's just like with finances. The sooner you start putting money into that retirement account or whatever you're doing, the less you have to put in daily to get more on the back end. And so it's the same with your physical fitness and your spiritual fitness. Uh, and, and that's, that's, I just, I knew you studied the Bible every single morning. And I think that that's something that is so simple for people to, to understand, listen to the scriptures on your phone. If you have time to sit down, like you, you said, while your coffee is brewing, you have a moment, sit there, be still while the house is quiet and listen as well. And, and listening is, is key when it comes to God, because he's always talking to us. He's always guiding us. And maybe it's not verbal. But he's opening doors and windows here and there, and we're just walking right past him because we're so focused in the horse blinders on what we want for what's best for us. And uh, so I, I love that you you highlighted that and pointed that out. Um, as far as intensity goes, you said you you haven't always been someone that sits still, which I can understand that. But whenever I have conversations with you, you are when you ask a question. It's very directed and you are very intense. You sit just like you are right now and you listen, whether it's in person <laughs> or whatever it is, like you, you do that. And, and some people that scares them because they, they get in, uh, 
I guess, intimidated because they don't really have a response or a good answer or know how to conversate. How did you learn to channel that all that movement and motion into being such a good listener and intense with, with conversation with people? Hmm. It's come down to training thousands of people, like thousands, not hundreds. And being like, I literally got hired as a personal trainer at age 18. And I put myself through college. And that was not like a business where they're like, here's your clients. I had to go get them, man. I had to go prospect and get those clients. And so at early age, I had to learn how to listen, uh, which I also had to, it took me a while to learn this, but people don't care how much you know. They just want to know that you care. So basic stuff. And so as I had more and more clients and then trained teams, athletes, individual athletes, group classes, one-on-ones, um, I became callous a little bit. Here's what I'm callous to. Uh, I'm callous to the bullshit. So when I say, Jonathan, what is your goal? And you're like, well, I want to get in shape, Dan. I don't have much time on this earth for your bullshit. Put that aside. What do you really want to accomplish? Well, dude, honestly, I'd like to look down and see it. I haven't seen it in, you know, six years. Okay. That's a good, that's a pretty specific goal. All right. I want my wife to notice me. I want my husband to notice me. I want to bolster my self-esteem. I don't have any right now. I don't feel self-assured and it's affecting my whole life. Um, I need to lose 20 pounds of fat, but I also want to simultaneously put on about five to six pounds of lean body mass. I'd like my body fat percent to sit at around 10 to 12% where I can eat clean 80% of the time, but 20% of the time I might have like a little cheat meal and live a little. I want to drink more water. I want to like 120 ounces a day. I want to drink less coffee, like one cup a day. I want to take multivitamins like every day. Like you see how no one ever gives me these really good answers. And so I became more and more intense because all of you are giving me the shittiest answers. If you guys would take your mask off and just tell me what it is you want to accomplish and I'm going to write a plan for you and we're going to go execute. So I just got, I did like I'm 42. So from 18 to 42, I've worked with people at some capacity on their fitness goals. And so I've just gotten more and more intense because I just don't have time for your BS. I I want you to just like, we don't have time. We need to get going. We need to know what it is you really want. Um, and so that's how I became better at listening. And that's why I became so intense. I'm just direct because I feel like I don't want to waste your time. It doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. Well, yes, but I, I also think that people get so they get, they're so used to people talking at them that they're not used to people listening and being intense as in like, you actually pay attention to what people are saying. You actually, you're listening. And, uh, it's something that it's just like when people get frustrated with their kids asking the question, why And I've, I've done it. I'm sure you have, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm, I'm sure every parent out there gets upset at one point with their so many whys that come out of the kids' <laughs> mouths. Yeah. But I, I boiled it down to, at least for me, and it seems like it's a pretty common theme that people get upset with their kids or people asking why, because they don't really have an answer. They just know mm -hmm. that's just it. 
and you don't it, always yeah. have the yeah it's just it right and and so i've taken it almost as a challenge with my kids to when my son asked me i'm like look i don't have that answer right now and i'm okay it's an ego hit because i'm like i don't know everything but yeah. being willing to accept that and say but i'll come back to you with the answer or let's research the answer together or yeah. you know hey right now i don't have time to look that up we need to get in the car and we need to go somewhere but i'll tell you why you need to wear a seatbelt, you know or whatever it is later you know and and so with with your you know moving over more towards the family aspect of things how do you incorporate your drivenness your intensity uh, and your passion for life with your children. Cause I see what you do, at least what you put on social. So I only imagine that's the tip of the iceberg with what, everything that you do, uh, with your, your family, getting them outdoors. They're, they're into fitness at a young age. Cause I see their parents doing it. Um, how do you feel, I guess, what are the top two or three things that you would say for parents out there that realize that their kids are heading down a path that they're not happy about? What would you recommend to to those parents? I know you're not, you don't want to say that you're the parent expert, parent whisperer, but you're doing things right. So what are, what's some things that you would point out to parents out there that maybe need some help or want some help? Wow. Okay. Um, so I have context to give, I guess I have a daughter that's nine, a son's at seven. Uh, once we had two kids, we were like, we don't really think we want to have any more than that. Um, which it's been good, honestly, but as the kids get older and faster, it's like, gosh, should we have had a third and a fourth and a fifth? I love children. I love raising kids. It's the most challenging, rewarding thing ever. And speaking of listening, I am terrible at listening to my wife tell me what we're doing for the upcoming weekend. Like... <laughs> I never like she I know she's talking, but I can block that out so fast. And then she gets so mad when I don't remember what our plans were for this, that, the other. But anyways, I know there's a lot of dudes out there like me. Um, one or two tips. I'll tell you. Yeah, maybe I can tell you what not to do. Like I flew off the handle the other night at my kids um, at dinner. And my kids have been saying things like. Well, I'm bored. And it had just, like, I'm like a pressure cooker. And I just finally lost and blew my lid. And I'm not proud of this. I wish I had more cool. But I was just went off on, I'm like, you got a TV in your room. You got a TV in your room. If you walk out of that room, you got a TV in the basement. You walk upstairs, there's a TV here. You have an iPad. You have an iPad. You have an old iPhone. You have an old iPhone. and all you do is technology. And I'm like, I'm taking all of it. You don't deserve to have any screen time. You're not bored. Get outside, go do something. Um, and basically what I boiled it down to is that next time, and this is actually going on this week, Jonathan. So today's Friday. This happened Monday night. The next kid, and it's going to happen. I'm not going to forget. The next kid that says I'm bored, because my job as a parent is not to entertain you. I'm not your friend. I am your parent. And I, when you get home from school, I'm still at work. Yeah, I work at home, but I'm at work. So, you know, so the next kid that says I'm bored has to clean a toilet with an old toothbrush. And I'm going to sit there and watch them clean every square inch. Um, I haven't heard anyone say they're bored this week, but I don't like how mad I got. And I like, 
I made my daughter cry. She's very sensitive and I don't like making my daughter cry. She is my kryptonite. I am very weak around her. If I made my son cry, I probably wouldn't even feel bad, honestly. But um, don't do that. Don't blow up on your kids. <laughs> like communicate. But I also think a tip would be like, hey, you aren't your kid's buddy and pal and friend. You you might have to bring the rod, some discipline into their life. And they will, you know, you need to discipline your kids, obviously. Uh, I do believe uh that that's what they that's what your calling is is to you know teach them so much and and it's not necessary to to win them over and be friends and and uh don't get it twisted i love my children i love spending time with them but it's been a struggle with the fact that i don't know when i was a kid dude and i hate when pe i hated when people would say that to me when i was a kid well, how was your but i did not have the internet i did not have cell phones I did have a bike. I could ride it anywhere at any time of the year. I had a skateboard. I had all the friends, no matter what, neighbors. We like we always played outside. And I live in a neighborhood, man, and I never see kids playing outside. Ever. They're they're trapped. So I'm really freaking out about this whole technology thing. And um I'm quite honestly, I'm scared to death to see how this unfolds. But for me, I'm just trying to keep my kids. Um, I want them to be themselves. Like my son and daughter, I don't know if they're going to hunt. I haven't pushed the envelope. I'm pretty sure my daughter doesn't want anything to do with it. They like to go out and camp and shed hunt. They like getting outside. Um, but I'm not trying to turn Tristan, my son, into the next elk shape or have him take over elk shape. That's just not my job. My job is to just expose them to a lot of different sports and a lot of different activities and try to help understand and, uh, and figure out what it is that they're passionate about. And once they figure out what they, they're excited about, I want to get behind them. I want to cheer them, but I just want them to be physically active every day. I want them to not be the kids that come home and get on TV or devices and compete against those things. So how many kids do you have? And mm -hmm. am I, am I alone here? Or can, is there some things that you also are seeing? Yeah, no. So I've got five. Uh, my wife had three from a previous marriage. And so I always thought I'd want to have, you know, four or five kids. Uh, and so two of them are older there. One of them is actually, he got his commercial pilot's license, which we're super stoked about that. Um, he's in the awkward phase of needing more hours to be able to get the job. So he's kind of in that spot right now, but uh, he's licensed. And then our oldest daughter is going into uh, pharmacy tech school. Um, and so a big thing for us is, you know, I, I would agree with, with technology. Uh, it, it's hard with our middle child. Brody is, he loves coding and he actually does stuff with it. He doesn't just claim he's coding to go play video games. Uh, he actually builds stuff. He'll come to me with stuff that he's 3d printed at school or at down in the basement. He's got his own little 3d printer down there. Um, he designs things like he, he's crazy awesome with that. And so I'm stoked about that. Uh, but my younger two, we just keep them in, in sports, kind of like what you were saying. Uh, and then we get them outside. I could throw, and I'm sure your your youngest son's the same way. So we've got it reverse. Her youngest two, uh, Asher is nine and Esther will be seven in a week. And so it's reverse of, of your two. But uh, Asher, I could throw him outside and tell him just to go play. And I wouldn't have to worry about him. But 
it's getting him outside after the screens that's a pain so what i've noticed is uh and we don't have a ton of screens in our house actually we we have old ipads that we've turned into family ipads and they have screen time where they have to earn they have to do a chore to get 15 or 30 minutes depending on what the chore is asher came to me yesterday and was like dad i haven't had screens all day or all week what like why why haven't you given me screens i said have you noticed how nice you are to us and he was like what do you mean and we'll have conversations where he just tells me he's like he's like dad i don't know why but i just get this feeling sometimes where i can't control it and i just get mad and i just lash out at you and at mom i'm like i'm really glad you recognize that let me point out it's usually around screen time yeah if i take the screen away from you you're upset and he and so this whole week the screens have been right here in the office plugged in and uh and and i'm like you'd realize how nice you are all your friends are coming over you guys are playing out in the little bit of snow that we've got you're riding bikes you're building legos like yes my downstairs is trashed right now but i'd rather have that than you on a screen yeah and so i i think um i think you hit on two good points of not being their best friend because that's something we want to do and I think yeah. that a lot of parents are falling into that trap because they yeah. don't have genuine friends of their own and they're making their kids, their friends when mm. that's not your primary role. And I make yeah. sure my kids understand that. I'm just like, look, I want to be your friend. I want to do all these fun things, but first you got to get the things done that we asked and yeah. then we can be friends and we can have fun. Um, and then screens. So I think you hit on those two things. It's, it's just, it, it's, you just got to be careful with, because at the same time, I don't want to completely deny them from that because they're going to go into a world where they're everywhere. And so it's yeah. like, how do you manage teaching them to control their screen time rather than taking it away? And then when they get it, they're like addicted immediately, you know? Yeah. So that that's kind of a, that's a hard balance to find. It is. But I mean, I think all parents kind of struggle with that. I love the earn your screen. Um, but I also, you know, you're right. It's kind of in, you can't avoid screens. Like they're going to need it. Your boy's writing code in the basement. That's cool. He's probably going to have a lot of opportunity as he gets older, you know, um, if that's what he's into. But yeah, kids are the best blessing. They're the only thing besides my marriage that like really just truly add a sense of purpose, um, you know, and there's a lot at stake. The stakes have never been higher as far as being a great parent that's present and and, and influencing them. Otherwise, if you don't, then the screen will or the liberal school that they go to. And I'm not trying to talk politics. I'm just saying um, they're going to get exposed in other ways. And it'd be nice that um, mm -hmm. you could put a good impression on them and at least because um, kids see everything you do, man. Like my kids have known about working out our whole life. They're starting to figure out like not everybody's got a badass gym in their backyard like we do. Um, we're weird. We think we put a lot of value there. Um, and lot, there's not a lot of mommies that have veins running down their biceps like their mommies, you know, um, <laughs> and that we eat wild game every night of the week for dinner. Like they're just... They're starting to like see what we do and how we live, um, but they've always been paying attention. Yeah, exactly. And and I would agree with you on that too. It's uh, 
it's a constant conversation you have to have with with your kids as well, especially if you send them off to a public school. Luckily, here in Utah, um, they still say the Pledge of Allegiance in in school every single nice. morning. Uh, and there's certain things like I go in, I go in every once in a while and check out the school just to make sure, like, hey, how are things going? And the teachers yeah. are great at communicating. Um, they they don't discourage outside time. They actually get multiple recesses in a day. Oh, so good. all of those things are check marks for me that I'm okay. Otherwise, I would have pulled them out and asked my wife to quit, or I would have quit my job to to homeschool. Um, yeah, because it just it it does get a little scary. But what I do see that as my kids get older and they have a little bit more freedom, uh, beware of victimhood mentality. And I don't remember this being a thing when I was growing up, which I mean, I graduated in 2010 and I'm you know, 31 years old, but so I'm not too old, but I don't remember, I don't remember the victimhood mentality. Like it's so prevalent now, like, Oh, well my te- it's my teacher's fault that the grade is bad or oh, it's, you know, my so-and-so's fault, or I can't believe they said this around me and it offended me. Things like that. Like I listen to my kids talk and, and I'll just sit there and, and then I'll say, well, um, did you say anything to them about how you didn't like them saying this or that? No. Yeah. Well, why are you upset then? You didn't defend yourself. So why are you getting upset? You know, and teaching them how to have those conversations and not feel a victim while their friends might be. And I don't know if that's coming from social media, the news, those kids' parents, I don't know. But making sure to bring bring the kids back to reality as they get older, you know, and they're, they're exposed to those things more and more. Um, that's been, it's been difficult, but uh, it's, it's always rewarding to see the kids as they grow to either have to ditch certain friends because those friends don't want to progress with your kid or you see those kids come over to your house and those kids have all grown and they're they're the way they talk. You can just tell they're not victims. They're not going to be victims um, of their, of their surroundings. I think that's another big thing as kids get older, just to, just to watch out for, for the parents out there. So. Hmm. Yeah. I hear you. The victimhood mentality. Yeah. I'm not sure what that other word is. I just learned it recently. Gaslighting. Does that have something to do with victimhood mm-hmm. mentality? What does that mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gaslighting or uh, even like being kind of passive aggressive, but gaslighting is basically I'm over here shaking a bell, but I'm telling you, Hey, I'm not shaking this bell. What are you talking about? Like making you feel crazy is basically what gaslighting is. Um, there's a lot of that that happens. It's like the news. Mm-hmm in a way victims where of gaslighting you, hey, th- w- are, look over here yeah. yeah go ahead oh i was just gonna say where they're telling you it's like you know they're telling you look over here when something else is happening over here kind of yeah that's yeah. not happened don't worry about that look over this direction that's sure pretty much yeah what it is um yeah but yeah that the 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 idea of blaming teachers too for grades like that's where i nip it in the butt i'm like ah dude you turned it in late you're on the teacher's timeline now when she's going to grade it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just, yeah. Don't, don't let them blame other people for their actions. That's, that's pretty much what we try and teach here whenever we, whenever I hear them talking like that. But, um, all right. So I, you know, we talked about parenthood. We talked about faith. Let's talk about, uh, the cool things that people probably tuned into this for. Let's talk about the fun stuff like gear and hunting and, and fitness. Um, 
So with, uh, I know you're excited this year. Matthews is putting out an 80 pound bow. So now you're, you're going to be going for Cam Haynes with the 90 pounder, right? That's a <laughs> but uh, you're, you're really excited about that. Cause I, I'm kind of in that same, I know you've got a, like a 27 ish inch draw length. I'm at 28, 28 and a half. So on the shorter end, um, getting that higher poundage. How have you liked that? Does it really make that big of a difference for you? Why do you choose that? I guess um, that poundage, why would you like the 80 versus the 75 or the 70 for you? Yeah, so the lift right now, mine is has 75 pound mods on it, and it's pulling back about 76 and a half pounds. Um, when I first got that lift in August, I put I ordered 80 pound mods, and they were coming in pretty heavy, hot. Like, so I think once we set up the bow for elk season, and then I went to elk hunting, it was uh, 80. I want to say it was like 83. I know it was 83 or 84 pounds, and they were 80 pound mods. We didn't twist strings up or nothing. And the holding weight was like 19 pounds. So it was like, wow. And then my hunting arrow, I was hunting with an, uh, I don't can't remember. Anyways, my hunting arrow was traveling 300 feet a second, which is speeds that I'm not used to with my short draw length. And I was like, this bow is lighter, faster. It's quiet. This is awesome. And so for me, I loved it. And then when I got done elk hunting, I wanted to drop down a little bit either. I was going to go down to 70, in fact, because the bow is fast. Um, but I wanted to be able to draw a bow when I'm cold, sitting in a tree stand all day. And then a big buck steps out and they can detect anything. And you have to draw super slow. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to draw that 83-pound bow, um, being sitting there cold, sitting down, whatever. And if I could, or I probably could, but it just wouldn't be, I still don't think it was the right call. So I, I ordered 75 pound mods uh, at 80% let off and put those on. And I only lost, I think I lost nine feet a second going from 300 to 291 with my hunting arrow weight, which is a total arrow weight of 425. So um, that's what I'm hunting with right now. And um, I'm going down to Texas here shortly um, to use that same setup, 75 pounds. Now, and then hunting whitetail here in the States or in my own home state, I have an arrow that weighs four, oh, 474. It's an Eastern Axis long range and it is going about 280, somewhere around 280, uh, which is great. And that's fine. And it will go faster if I put eight. And so I will like to hunt. I like hunting with the most draw that I can pull back because of my draw length short. If I was like an average 29 inch draw person, I with the new bow, I don't know if I would get 80 pounds. I would probably go 75, you know. Um, and if you're somebody who's like, well, I only shoot 60 pounds. Should I go heavier? I don't know. Is your draw length short? How's your trajectory? How's your pin gap? Is your sight tape? you know, all that kind of, like, there's so much to take into consideration. And I do get a lot of messages, Jonathan, of like, Hey man, I, I see you shoot past hundred yards all the time. And my sight tape ends at 80. What can I do? And I'm always like, well, you can grow longer arms. You can pull more poundage. You could significantly lighten up your arrow. You could move your peep up, but there's, you know, it just, People just don't know, I guess. So I answer that question almost weekly about mm -hmm. that. But 
yeah, man, it, the lift yeah. is, in my opinion, probably the best that Matthews has made to date. And I've only been shooting Matthews since 2019. So my first Matthews bow ever was the Vertex and the Traverse. And then it was the VXRs. And then it was the V3, the V3X, the Phase 4s, and now the Lifts. And um, I just feel like they finally got me what I wanted, which was 80 pounds. And, um, you know, not everyone loves Matthews. And like I told, like you told your audience, I don't care what you shoot. I just want you to put the work in. That's really all I care about. But mm -hmm. for me, I love Matthews. I love the brand. I love what they stand for. And I love this bow. I think it's their best one yet. Yeah. So <clears throat> something, I, a couple of things I want to highlight there is that one, you change the poundage, not for, not for ego purposes. Right. And that's what I, I hear a lot of people are like, oh, I need to hit, you know, 80 pounds because, you know, Cam Haynes or whoever, I'm the strongest dude in the room. And for me, it's funny when people find out like that we'll be in conversation and, and, uh, they're like, Hey, can I try your bow? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, you know, what, what pounds do you pull? Just, I don't want you to get hurt. And they'll tell me, I'm like, okay, well, this is what it's pulling at. And they're like, wait, you shoot that. And I'm like, well, it's not, I don't go around touting the poundage because it doesn't matter. It's what I feel like I can pull. Just like you were saying, you feel like you can control the 70 or 75 pounds better in a tree stand sitting cold than you would the 80. Cause tactically that makes more sense being able to slow draw it back where in the elk woods, you're out running around hiking, your blood's pumping, you're warm, your muscles are good to go. And you're able to, you're able to pull back. You've got a little bit more movement, a little bit more area that you can pull the bow back. Right. That's something that I, I think a lot of people need, need to understand. Like don't go into the bow shop thinking you need to shoot 70, 80 pounds. You plenty of people have killed stuff with a 60 pound bow or a 50 pound bow. But like you were saying, if you want to increase your yardage, if you want to go have more fun at tack by shooting the longer distances, if you want to practice out at distance so you get better at the shorter shots, yeah. um, like you said, either take your vitamins and grow longer arms or shoot a higher poundage bow. Um, and the way you can do that, you guys just did a series, you and, and Preston did a series. And uh, I'm going to get Preston on the podcast as well, again, to, to kind of talk about some of the stuff that he's putting out, but how you can safely build your muscles up that are necessary to be able to pull a higher poundage back safely. Um, and by safely, I mean, some of the tests that I, that I recommend to people when I'm helping out at the shop is either kneeling or sitting. Can you pull that bow back without struggling? Uh, I think you've put us through some of those tests as well at camp. Um, just if you're having to like, you know, like do all this, like yanking back and stuff, drop your ego and go go proper technique. So you can have longevity with your archery career, whether that's yeah. hunting target, whatever you don't want to destroy your shoulders at a young age. And so do what you're capable of doing and, and based on what you, what your need is, not what you want or what your ego wants. When I was in Eugene, I did uh, Cam's podcast this summer, and I thought this would be on yeah, the video. Yeah, how'd you like that run? <laughs> Ooh, the year before was harder, as far as the run goes. We did a mm. did eleven mile hike this year. It was like seven thousand vertical feet. It's pretty brutal. I didn't get home till one in the morning, and home was the hotel. And then we did a mountain rock the next day, which was really brutal. We did the weights, 
but we shot those. I was going to tell you, this part didn't make the video, and I thought it might. In fact, I was, I didn't want to get in trouble or get him in trouble, but we basically switched bows and shot. So Cam shoots a Hoyt, and I shoot a Matthews. And it was his idea. He's like, hey, do you, you want to trade bows? And I was like, sure. And I was thinking, I don't know if I can draw his bow back because, you know, it's 90. Um, but I have bow muscles, right? Like really specific, drawing a bow for so long. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't something that I would want to have to pull back for regular mm -hmm. repetition. You know, it'd be fine. Like there's the bull, you know, no problem. But like to do day in and day out. And so that's another thing. That was my point. And he shot my bow too. Uh, that, that my point was like, man, if you are going to be like me and maybe you're going to shoot at least 10,000 arrows a year and only a five or six of them are going to be at animals, you know, it's, it might make more sense to drop down and get more repetition. And then with Preston coming over, like I love his bands he sells. They're like two or three bucks. Just putting one of those in your bow case and just doing your internal external rotation and getting some blood flow right before you shoot. Because like most of your arrows are not gonna, are going to be at a target, not an animal, and so you can mm. really warm up and probably shoot better. Uh, something that I've definitely started incorporating since Preston paid me a visit. And um, my point of all that is, if you want to get more quality repetition, you might drop, drop down a little bit. And that's the beautiful thing about, honestly, the thing I like about the switch weight technology with Matthews is that I can literally, without putting the bow in the press, go from eighty-five to seventy-five to seventy to sixty-five down to 60, down to 55, and I can choose the let off. And I have to put in a press, I can just swap it out real quick. And so that might help some people with shoulder problems or that want to build up over time. I think mm -hmm. that's a really good concept. And so I love that. Yeah, 100%. And I, I remember when I first got my bow, I ordered the 80 pound because they explained that I could, I could go down, like I could lower the poundage. Cause right. I could pull a 70 pounder pretty decently um, just going in. But again, it is different right. muscles that you're working. And when I first got my bow, I turned it as far down as I could without the limb bolts popping out. And, um, and I practiced, I did, was it 30? I think it was either 30 or 50 arrows a day for the first week that I had my bow. And let me tell you, my shoulders were so sore, but they, uh, they, it, it helped because I got the technique down and then I had, there was a couple of people that I had, uh, where I actually would send them videos and they'd give me tips on, Hey, this is how you could draw better. This is better technique. Keep your elbow high, keep your front shoulder down, things like that. And then after that first week, I turned it up five pounds, did the same thing for another week. And this is like a crash course. I mean, you don't have to do it in two weeks, but like, it, right. it helped me build those muscles up and I reckon I would, I know my body well enough to know the difference between pain and sore. And I was just really wrecked as far as sore. Um, but I, I didn't have any pain, didn't have any clicking, any of that kind of stuff in my shoulders. And so I knew something was working right. And then I, you know, eventually worked up to the 80 pounds, but, um, I, I would agree with you there. It's something that, you know, repetitions, uh, year round shooting, which is something you definitely encourage. And, uh, and this year I'm actually, I've, I've got a target bow that I'm getting set up to do some indoor stuff. And I got a, I think I went with a 60 pound and it's like, I mean, it's like butter. Like when you pull it back, it's like, am I even pulling anything <laughs> after shooting 80 pounds for, for almost three years? It's like, this is nothing. So 
it's just repetitions and safe repetitions. It's like anything else, like with CrossFit or any other weightlifting. If you're doing it right, you start small, you build yourself up, use the right muscles, get some feedback from people that are knowledgeable, that aren't ego driven, and they want you to get better. Um, and then I'd say check out the series that you guys did for shoulders because that's Preston knows his stuff. Uh, he definitely knows what he's doing as far as keeping people on, I guess, on the field with U.S. archery and uh, out in the mountains shooting their bows healthily. Uh, he, he definitely knows his stuff. So, yeah, for you guys out there listening, definitely go check out their their series that they just did. Well, I guess you did it about a month ago at this point. But, uh, yeah, definitely go check that out. Those, yeah, we got those good information. At the time right now, we have one more to release. And I can't remember. It's coming up, I think, maybe next week. It's more of like how to evaluate the strength of your rotator cuff. It's a four-part series. So if you guys haven't checked out, I will plug my YouTube channel. I put so much energy into that. Um, we're almost to 100K, which is great for us. We've, we we want to celebrate that. So when I hit 100K subs, I'm going to figure out how to pick the winner. But I'm, I'm picking a, a, a subscriber, and I'm going to buy him an airplane ticket. And then I'm going to pick them up. We're going to work out at my house. And then I'm going to drive them over to Spokane Valley Archery. I'm going to let them pick out a bow, pick out all the accessories. We're going to set it up right then and there. And then we're going to shoot the course. I wish I could do 10 people like that, but that's what I can do. So I think it'll be cool. So I'm excited for that. We're coming up on that. So it's my way of giving back. And also just, you got to stop and smell the roses every once in a while, you know? So. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Even, even, even play is work sometimes. <laughs> Always actually. But, uh, yeah, exactly. So I guess, uh, is there anything that maybe you'd want to hit on as far as, um, I mean, you give, I'll just say you give away plenty of hunting tips, uh, people that, you know, haven't gone to your camp. I guess that's the other thing is, um, are you doing camps this year? That's a big question. Yeah, I don't know, man. Honestly, I, I want to. I really want to do two, um, but I know we'll at least do one. Usually we have them sold out and all planned by this time. Um, but, you know, here's what I know I'm not doing. And just give people some background. is I have done 26, I think 26 camps in the last four years. And uh, most of those were not in my hometown. So I racked up the airline miles and the Airbnb and uh, you've seen it all. And then missed all, I already hunt so much. I'm just tired of being gone. And so I may, like, it would be no problem. My kids are out of the house. I'd be doing camps. I might be doing one camp a week because I just love what we do. What we do is so unique and so different and it cannot be duplicated. Uh, it's just it's just different, but it's basically a self improvement camp disguised as a how to get better at elk hunting. Now you will get better at elk hunting. That is a guarantee, and we will definitely expose your weaknesses. That is also a guarantee. So we kind of help sniff out what you suck at. Proof right there. <laughs> yeah, we help sniff out what you suck at, and then we kind of help prioritize how to tackle your weaknesses. Um, but anyways, to your point, we're doing. Joel Turner, Josh Jones, and myself have basically powwowed, and we like we want to do a three day camp. I want one day with Josh Jones, one day with me, and one day with Joel. And we're just gonna each day you're gonna swap to a different instructor. So when you're with Josh, 
He's going to have probably 10 bow presses. You'll be at your own station or having a station share with a partner. And you're going to take the strings off your bow, put new strings on, check your cam lean, cam time. You're going to make sure you're, you know, understand how to tune a rest. And you're going to install a new peep, a new soft knots, D-loop. I mean, hands-on tinker their bow, which is priceless to me. And that's going to take a full day of doing all that kind of stuff. And then the other group that we're going to have was going to be with Joel. Joel Turner teaches Shot IQ, and you're just going to learn how to get the mental mind game down when it comes to archery, which is going to come really handy when it's time to execute that shot on a hard-earned shot opportunity on public land elk hunting. And then the other group will be with me where we'll be probably predominantly in the weeds of elk hunting strategy and tactics with constantly sprinkling in nutrition and the fitness and the mental toughness component. So we're going to do that. Like that curriculum is insane. Like it's a little different than what we've done in the past, um, but it's just adding gasoline to the fires that we wanted to. And so we're looking at doing a three day camp and I do think it will sell out. Um, and I don't want to do more than one or two a year. I want to keep the demand high, but I also don't want to get burnt out and I don't want to travel. So you are going to have to travel up here. But the cool thing is, right. is we'll do it at a time of year where it's absolutely beautiful. And um, you'll probably do. Well, you already know this, Jonathan. You'll probably meet your future best friends at these camps, which is cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, I still. So from that first camp, you know, Clint uh mckinnis and people out there will know him as yeah i'm radness he's a tattoo artist he's a he's a funny guy uh i still shoot with him every week like that's what we're doing yeah. winter league right now exactly yep that's his work yeah. right there and yeah. one of the guys was like i can't remember what he said to him but he, he looked over he was like oh because we were joking about joel turner you know or, hey are you making sure you're pulling through the shot or are you rattlesnaking it and the guy's like oh you don't even know who joel turner is really and he's like well, you know that tattoo on his forearm right and the guy's like, you didn't do that. And he's like, I'll call Joel right now. I sure did. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's awesome, dude. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot of fun um, going out. And I recommend people doing that as well. Like Clint will definitely put, he will try and distract you as much as possible while you're shooting. So I credit, I credit practicing with Clint again to being able to shoot well. <laughs> I love that uh, guy, It's a lot man. of fun. Find people. Oh yeah, he he's such an awesome dude. But I have you I had would him on your podcast you know, yet? Whenever you're, yeah, he's been on have twice. You... He's been on twice. Okay, <laughs> yeah. He yeah, he's yeah. got to be a regular guy. He's just got. I love that guy. He's just so full of fire. Hmm. Oh yeah, and he's doing so. His Spark Adventures right now. I don't know if you've seen that, but we can talk about that a little bit after the podcast. But uh, he's got stuff going on that he's getting people outdoors as well. He's absolutely on fire with it, and uh, but. What I what I want to get to with that is, guys, when Dan puts his stuff out there for whatever these camps are going to be, uh, one or two a year, because I definitely understand the strain of traveling and all of that being away from family sucks, even though you're what those camps are is priceless. Like I said, that first year for December Chub Challenge is all I wanted to do. I didn't you were giving away some awesome stuff. I didn't want anything but the experience at the camp. And uh, and so I, you know, I ended up winning that thankfully. And ever since then, um, I've been to three camps now. And I'll tell you guys, the information you receive there is priceless. And it's, it is disguised as, you know, elk hunting camp, 
learning about elk hunting and all of that, but you get so much more out of it just from the relationships that you build there if you want to. And I think you generally start your camps with that as you let them know, like, hey, you're going to get out of this what you put into it. Like mm -hmm. Dan's not going to hand out people's phone numbers and be like, hey, guys, you two look like you would work great together. You two. No, it's you go and you network. Yeah, and that's I think is invaluable for people out there. So when Dan puts his stuff out there, I recommend people go and check it out. Um, it would be 100 percent worth your time and money to get to Dan's elk shaped camp or whatever you're going to end up calling it. Uh, this time around, I imagine it's going to be similar. And, uh, and I guess, um, I mean, that was the big question that I wanted to to ask you before we get off here, but is there anything that we haven't touched on, uh, that you wanted to discuss or bring up or, you know, share with the audience? Well, this is coming out in January. Yeah, it'll be January timeframe. Wow, man. Yeah, like you kind of talked about this at the beginning of the pod, and I would just encourage your listeners to don't fizzle out. You know, everybody's motivated and inspired when the reset, new year, new you. Dude, new year, old me. I want to be the old me, the me that works hard, the me that earns everything that I get, the me that puts more good into the world. And so I don't want you to fizzle out. I want you to be the old you. Sure, you can make some tweaks. I just don't want you to fizzle out. Don't fade out. Um, the thing I like about you, Jonathan, is you've surrounded yourself with a really good cohort of like-minded individuals. And that's that's honestly one of the biggest struggles. It's hard to find like a, a trustworthy peer or somebody to even hunt with that is on your level, um, willing to be committed, wants to put the reps in, is hungry, um, Versus the hunting partner that we all have had that just only calls us when it's like a week before hunting season and never puts in the work throughout the year. Um, so if you need a litmus test, what I would do is suggest that you train with somebody early in the morning when it's just inconvenient. Um, why don't you just make an arrangement, meet at a certain location and provide zero reminders, no text, nothing. It's just show up or, or don't show up. And after a couple workouts, put them through the paces. I did this with Preston, aka Mountain Physio. I put him through a hell of a workout. And I wanted him to quit. And I wanted him to give up. And he wouldn't. Um, I'm sure he would have liked to, but he wouldn't. And I know that that was, I told him afterwards, like, I, I'd hunt with you, man. Like, you, you don't have any quit in you. And that's all I, he's not the fittest dude I've ever met. But he's got no quit. That's all I need. So this time of year, don't fizzle out and start selectively choosing who your audience is and who shares the time with you. Um, that's that's the last thing I want to say. Yeah, no, for sure. I I definitely agree with you on that. It's uh, community is key when it comes to anything that you want to progress in. Pretty much, um, there are very few and far between individuals that can keep pushing themselves by themselves um, right and even those individuals usually have someone behind the scenes that is their community whether it's a spouse or a best friend that doesn't want to be in the spotlight whatever even i've found those individuals that are solo supposedly um have someone that is there when they're down and so that's that's key at least one individual if not a handful and surround yourself with them because when you're down they'll be there to lift you up and vice versa. You got to be there for them as well. So 
I, I definitely, definitely agree with you on that, Dan. Guys, um, we're gonna we've we've been chatting here for a little over an hour, and uh, and I don't want to take too much time of Dan's day. He's got stuff going on, and I've got to get back to work too because I have a nine to five, unfortunately. So, <laughs> uh, but with that, with that being said, guys, uh, go check out Dan's Dan's podcast. I love listening to the podcast. I think you're on my top five again this year. Um, you just put out good information. Uh, and, and it's just, it really is, you have great guests on, go check out the podcast. If you prefer YouTube stuff, definitely go check out Dan's YouTube channel. I'm going to leave it linked down below. Let's get them to that hundred thousand and, uh, and anything else, where else can they find you at Dan? I guess it's Instagram, but where else can they find you? Um, I think they can find me wherever they want, honestly, but I'm, 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 I'm on YouTube and Instagram and website. Uh, I'm not much of a Facebook guy or Twitter guy, but um, yeah, where, wherever wherever you get your stuff. And same with the podcast. It's it's on all those places, wherever you get it. Um, but I appreciate the support, man. I appreciate you as a friend. And I'm always che- I am always cheering and rooting for you, bro. I appreciate that. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, again, I'm going to leave the links down below where you can find Dan and all of his channels. I definitely recommend going and checking it out. Let's go support and uh, and and raise awareness to good people in the hunting industry, in the outdoors world in general. Let's be a good community, good to each other. And like I always say, guys, get out, live your life, and love it. Love it. <laughs>